Now the ruined fort, half butchered for firewood, brooded over the flat like an abandoned castle. The party could have debarked at New Fort Pier, several miles north, but had chosen not to. It would be just that many miles farther from the Badlands. She felt grateful to the Lord Directors and Clerks of Hudson's Bay for their advice. She brandished a sturdy cotton parasol against the hostile sun. She wore it well, a straw hat with a wide brim and a crown entwined with silk roses and magenta and orange. And finally she wore green goggles. The summer glare the knowing men of Hudson's Bay had warned her would blind her, drive her eyes into a tight squint until tears ran, give her headaches. So she had tracked down a Portuguese oculist and dragged him to Great St. Mary's on Market Square, pointed to a stained-glass image of shepherds and sheep, and shown him the exact shade of green she wanted for one set, and then over to the great Gothic chapel at King's College, started by Henry VI, and shown him the precise blue she wanted in the other pair, a blue so azure she desired no other. In time he had produced two sets of goggles, cowled by brass and good harness leather and anchored with adjustable leather bands. She wore the green pair now and found that it had a benevolent effect upon these Dakota wilds, staining everything greener. Normally she wore her thick chestnut hair in a severe bun, but she couldn't do that and wear her brightened straw or her goggles. So she'd plaited it into braids and anchored her hat with two mean hat pins she meant to use on Archimedes Van Vliet if he ever came within three feet of her person. Slowly the sweating boatman unloaded the rest of the dunnage from the Spread Eagle, the American Fur Company riverboat that had carried them from St. Louis. While the crowded boat rocked gently on the turbid river, the rivermen led the six drays down the stage, the Smithsonian four first and their own last. Theirs were nondescript draft animals of some mongrel Yankee sort, but they looked sturdy enough. Hers were Clydesdales, seventeen-hand taffy-colored beasts with Roman noses, white blazes, and feathery hair tufting down the back of each leg. Take the Scottish horses, the clerks had told her shrewdly. They'd fetch a fine price later in the States and pull the wagon as if it were a toy. When a boatman handed the halter ropes to her, Candace peered up through her goggles at the giant green animals, vaguely alarmed. She knew nothing about them. She had intended to hire a man at New Fort Pier. A slight tilt of her parasol set them rearing backward, yanking the manila rope from her gloved hands. Oh, blast, she said, going after the ropes, snaking along the clay. But the apparition with the parasol seemed to excite the beasts all the more, and they sidled away from her even as she closed on them. "'You shouldn't say that word,' said Mrs. Rumley. "'You're a proper lady. They use it in Billingsgate.' "'Well, blast!' Miss Huxtable. "'Stop,' said Crow. She did. A moment later the Clydesdales did also, and began plucking grass. Crow leaned over and gathered up the dragging halter stales, smiling. She took them gratefully. So good of you, she murmured, while he stood there somehow absorbing everything he could absorb about her. Mr. Crow, she said crisply, I don't know how to harness them. If you'll show me just once, I'll have it. I'll never bother you again. 
she did not miss the triumphant gleam in the eyes of Professor Wood. In a moment, Crow said, I'm beholden to the ones that are paying me, but it'll work out. I'll pay you, he smiled ruefully. It's not for me to say. A blast of steam from the ship's whistle upset the Clydesdales, which wrenched their halter ropes, but Candace hung on. The spread eagle came alive, snorting like some prehistoric dinosaur. Deckhands wrestled the stage on board while others unwound hawsers from the post jammed into the bank. Ruffians crowded the rail as the packet drifted loose and lost ground in the current. Then its paddle wheel bit the river and the packet pushed upstream, destined for Fort Berthold and Fort Union. A hush settled over them. The last of civilization had vanished. Candace peered at them all, suddenly aware that she stood in a wild land of sadness.